0: Hello, welcome to Back to the Point. This is our 11th episode, I guess the beginning of season two. Uh, My name is David. I'm one of your hosts.
1: And I'm Ian. I'm the other host.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, kind of our season preview for the 2017-2018 season. In the National Hockey League, particularly for the San Jose Sharks, this is the San Jose Sharks podcast as a disclaimer. Um, just a little bit about ourselves since we haven't recorded in about three three months or so, just to tell you who we are. Um, my my name is David, but I'll go by Migs on this podcast because that's what Ian likes to call me. Um, <clears throat> so I, I've been a Sharks fan for about seven, eight years now, pretty much when I went to my first game with Ian. Uh, before that, I'd seen... Um, some sharks games here and there, and I was kind of intrigued when I watched my first full game with my uncle, who's been a sharks fan since the beginning. But um, going to the the event at the shark tank itself is kind of what really drew me in, and right away um, I started following the team um, very closely. So um, I've already been through some ups and downs during those times. Um, Ian and I most probably the. The coolest thing that we've done, Sharks-related, is go go to a Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Um, that was pretty incredible. Uh, that was so special. that's me. I'm David, uh, leading in for Ian now.
1: Yeah. Um, similar to Migs, I've been around for a while, but not since the beginning. Uh, I've probably followed the Sharks for uh, probably about a year or two longer than Migs. Uh, yeah. We both are huge fans and we talk about him a lot. So, we decided to make a podcast to help us channel our discussions in a healthy manner.
0: So, yeah, we just
1: to vent to each other. Yeah. So, we've been through a lot of ups and downs on this uh, in our fandom, and uh, we really enjoy making this podcast. And uh, we're really excited for this season. Um, Although I think the thing we're most sad about is is Marlowe leaving. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Shark has left this team. Um, Seems kind of amicably, from what it sounds like. um, Just seems like the Sharks were not really willing to give uh, the term for Patrick Marlowe and what he wanted. Um, Patrick Marlowe came out and said he felt like he could play. And the NHL, to he's about forty-five. I think he said.
0: And I thought Lover he just and said five day? more years, something like
1: that. It's not five more. Five more years is not forty-five.
0: Yeah, but it's it'd be close. Like forty-three years, like forty-three that. or something close.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think the Sharks were quite willing to give him that term, given how the last two years have gone. It didn't really seem like Patrick Marlowe really gelled well with. Um, Peter DeBoer and his new system, um, but well enough that it wasn't a huge issue, um, and it just kind of came down to uh, how Marlowe valued his future, and it seems like that's going to be better with the Maple Leafs. How do you feel, Miggs?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this is all about kind of a feelings thing. I mean, what's best for the team? I mean, eventually they're going to have to part ways with Thornton, and eventually they're going to have to part ways with Thornton and Marlowe at some point. And thankfully Jumbo's still around. But um, I think like even, I mean, the Sharks jersey I have is Marlowe. Like, like I said, when I watched that first game with my uncle all those years ago when I was in high school, like Patrick Marlowe stood out because he was the captain. My uncle's like, yeah, he's a really good player. Like when I think about the Sharks ever since like I started following them even to a smaller degree, I think Patrick Marlowe, and I've always been a, a patty fan with his speed and his goal scoring and and even kind of his unassuming nature you know um, he's just like a, a really good player and I've always kind of been a patty fan, so just to see him not sign, I was like this was never supposed to happen <laughs> when we found out he was yeah. going to Toronto it was just it was pretty devastating but um I mean i I hope I, he does uh, well I kind
1: of want to I kind of want to touch on that because I don't really feel like it was really supposed to happen either. Yeah. You know, like I don't really like obviously as fans, we don't really like want our literally like Marlow has played his whole entire career with the Sharks and has like every offensive category imaginable. Um, hit 500 goals with the Sharks last season. It just seemed like it was in the cards for him to retire as a shark. And I don't know why he didn't. I don't know why both sides couldn't come to an agreement to let that happen, but I just want to really hammer home that point. Cause I really don't feel like this was supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think the general manager planned for this to happen either. You know,
0: that's an excellent point. I think like whenever I imagine Patty and his retirement, I imagine like, Oh, he's going to be one of those players that stayed with the one team, his whole career. And it'll be the sharks. And he may be the player that stayed with the, one of his team, like, the longest or something like that. So it was really – it was just, like, no, he can't play for another team. He has – he'll retire a shark, like, I'm sure, you know, um, and get his name in the rafters and retire that number and everything. But, like, that – just the fact that he'll be playing with another team will be be tough.
1: Yeah. I I will say I don't think it's going to hurt his legacy at all, you know. Yeah. Like, Jerome McGinley, kind of same player – Elite player, same franchise forever. Never really won a cup, tried to chase for the past couple of years. Um, he's still a flame. You know, he's gonna retire flame. Yeah. No one really remembers him for his years in Colorado or Boston or Pittsburgh now or LA. It was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in Pittsburgh too. Uh sorry if you hear me coughing. I'm I'm not feeling great. Little under the weather. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh There's just so many players who have kind of tried to extend it just a little bit longer and maybe go to another club or two. But I don't think it's going to hurt his legacy. I just think for the fans, it's just kind of like almost so close. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that he's going to – the biggest thing for fans is going to be his goals. Uh, He's pretty unassuming. He doesn't really leave uh, like a huge impact on his play. Um. Ooh. <coughs> uh, I'm so sorry but um, I think the biggest thing will be where his goals are going to come from I think that's the biggest concern Sharks fans have obviously training camp as we record training camp is um done I guess
0: one, one, one more tonight game is tonight the, yeah
1: yeah tonight is the last preseason game so I would assume training camp is over yeah I don't really know how that officially works but there were there were comments when training camp started a lot of the reporters were asking how the players felt about marlo leaving and they were you know they acknowledged that it was different and gonna take a little bit to get used to but they had a job at hand so i think they'll move on pretty quickly and it's nice that the sharks play the maple leafs i think even in october yeah it's gonna happen really soon so it's not gonna like drag on for a while. But that'll be a very touching um,
0: tribute. That tribute video tribute they'll make. And coming
1: home. Yeah, <laughs> we'll tear up. I think like uh, my wife and I. Sorry, my wife and I went to the preseason game <sighs> this past Thursday, and I have a Marla jersey that we put on, and we both had like a little sad moment when we laid our jerseys when we were ready to go. It's just like, uh, oh no, yeah. it was sad.
0: It's certainly like I think the team. You know, they'll find new ways to score maybe if it's not this year, eventually, the team will take on a new face. But it's definitely the, the end of an era. People, say, people always say, like, there are various players who are the face of the franchise. But, I mean, really, Marlowe was the underlying face of the franchise for the past 20 years or so. He's been constant in, in that, you know, even though some other players might have taken the spotlight more. Um, he's just always been there. So, yeah, definitely the end of an era.
1: Yeah, I, I do appreciate that they salvaged Thornton staying. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he was at much of a risk to leave, but he did hit free agency. We did get him back. But uh, if Marlowe and Thornton had both left in the same offseason, Doug Wilson would not be here. Like, he would not have lasted the season for sure. I don't think our, our fan base is... Already touchy about Marlo leaving, so I am sure he would have uh, there would have been public outcry for his job.
0: I really appreciated though, like all that stuff we heard about, you know, Jumbo waiting out for Patty to stay and trying to convince him to stay and everything, because you know it kind of shows that like friendship and and bond that they shared being on the team for so long, like over a decade together. So I think that was kind of cool. And I think like Pierre Lebrun, um, who's now with The Athletic, which is kind of taking the sports world by a – sorry, sports um, journalism world by a storm. But I think he wrote an article about their friendship a few he days did. ago, which I didn't get the chance to read because I'm not a subscriber. But I was like itching like to read I'm that. I'm holding out. You know?
1: One of these days I'm going to crack and get one. <laughs> I know. But part of me also feels like their business model is going to fail. I don't know how. Yeah. But it just seems like they're getting too big,
0: too fast. They also, I feel like what they're charging is obviously like they're charging subscription fees, but it's really low right now. Yeah, but then the, I mean, I feel it seems that. like a lot of people are caving in to to get yeah. it. So,
1: I think for NHL, they they've got like a killer. Um, they're they're obviously not in every market, but I think for the NHL, they definitely have like probably the most quality journalists there, mm-hmm. I would think. It seemed like every single big name in the NHL went to the Athletic. So maybe not for, like, baseball or, like, definitely not for soccer or for football. Maybe it's a little bit different. But for hockey, it just seemed like everyone we got all of our news from just left and went to the <laughs> Athletic like, and well, then no. hid, the, hid their work behind a paywall. <laughs> so I'm feeling that pain right now. but. Yeah. There are still some reporters who are not quite there yet. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, like the newspaper guys in the Bay Area, I think I still appreciate yeah. with like Paul Gackle and Curtis Vyshalka. I think we'll we'll still get some decent stuff from them. But I almost just said Kevin Kurz as well. And then yep, I guess he's so. <laughs> Yeah, he's gone.
1: But the nice thing is that they still they still interact on Twitter. Yeah. You know, they don't only write articles now and never post on Twitter or post information. So it's like appreciated. Yeah.
0: So, how do you feel about this upcoming season? How do you feel about the direction the team is going headed into this season?
1: Um I think they're in a good direction now. People listening to this podcast will freak out and say, "What do you mean? Our aging roster is old, and we didn't fill up Marlowe's We didn't fill up Marlowe's um you know production. Where's it going to come from? I feel like we're still good enough to fight for a playoff spot while we figure that out. I think we do have some players who can help um, bring up that production. I think getting the power play back on track will be the biggest thing that will help us recoup those goals. Um, Bodker having a big year. Not even a big year. like What we expected of him when we signed him, I think will be huge. Names like Timo Meyer coming in, and he's, he's a big talent. You know, he can score, like, I don't know how many goals he had last year. I think he had,
0: uh, like, six maybe? Timo? Yeah. Yeah, not very many.
1: Not very many, but, you know, he was uh, he was learning. He wasn't quite up for the whole year. So I think uh, a whole year and a whole training camp where he's healthy instead of recovering from mono would really help him. I think he can score at least 10, maybe 15 would be great, Um, you know, I think everyone had a down year so I think people all across the board will help chip in and the biggest thing I appreciate is that we have like replaceable assets up and down the lineup and people ready to fill in for forwards and especially defense as well as like 8 million dollars 7 to 8 million dollars in cap space so that uh, if the kind of goal scoring by committee doesn't really work out, we can go ahead and make a move for someone. So uh, that someone being like a Duchesne, a Tavares are obviously the huge names that get thrown out. But knowing Doug Wilson, he his stuff always flies under the radar. So I wouldn't be surprised if we made a trade for, you know, like a kind of second line caliber player. But... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was for someone we hadn't really been throwing names around for. Yeah. So I think he has well positioned himself to like recover fast and recover well from this um, from Marla leaving. Um, yeah, I think league wide, everyone had a bad year last year. You look at a lot of different teams; a lot of people had dips in scoring due to that schedule, which was absolutely brutal and the World Cup of Hockey ahead of the season starting. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm more confident than most people are. I think um, a lot of – I'll let you chime in. I think the last point I have is um, people saying, like, why do we play veterans instead of having every spot possible filled by a young forward or a young defenseman? And my point being is Peter DeBoer is a defense-first coach, and even in the NHL – Like, you have to be able to play defense first. And for players where defense of lacking was, like, obvious, like a Goldobin, they got shipped out, you know? Mm -hmm. Clearly, he wasn't really committed to that side of his game. And I think when DeBoer and other coaches are starting young talent, are starting, like, veterans or people maybe without such high of a ceiling over that young talent that maybe you might have a higher ceiling, like obviously they know that younger players can be better, you know, but there's that defensive side of the game, which is not if it's glaringly bad, it's obvious. But in the in the in between in the green area, that's where I think a lot of the vets get started over. The young players. So I'm confident in DeBoer and how he chooses to ice players based on um Ability, but then also where they are at currently for defense. So, ooh, sorry, my throat is really getting to me. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think he'll do a good job of balancing need for development and uh, current presence. defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, people are really worried about DeBoer really messing up our prospects, and I think people don't give him enough credit he played and he he didn't play. He coached the Kitchener Rangers for a while. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think uh, I, for one, I'm kind of excited that we have all these young, youngish players that are kind of at the end of the pipeline with, um, Meyer and Sorensen and I guess LeBanc and, um, and what's his name? Danny O'Regan and everything. So I'm excited to see what these players can do, but the, The problem is, you know, there's not enough roster spots to just put them all on the team, you know? Um, And I think a lot of them are probably chomping at the bit, but what are you going to do with Joel Ward? What are you going to do with Melker Carlson and Chris Tierney? These are all players that kind of have earned roster spots or are at least worthy of reproving themselves with better seasons than they had last year. I mean, Bodker is a great example. Ward's a great example, Carlson probably has more steps in his development that he could take. Tierney is definitely a player that you look at and are like, "Well, he should be able to do more." Like, and he, he's worthy of having another chance, you know, because he's done so well. He did so well on that um, Stanley Cup final run. So, I think it's a bit. Yeah. I think it's exciting to have these young players and have them be able to slot in. But I would really want them to get the chance that's not really necessarily there because there's already veterans in place. Now that being said, um, because there's limited roster spot, spots, kind of alluding to what you were saying earlier, the chance of a trade, you know, sending some of those assets another way to get um, more more of a high profile player back, maybe a second liner, or a first liner, and and to me, I think you know Doug Wilson might might aim a bit higher, just because with Marlowe leaving, yeah, and, why not? Yeah, with Marlowe leaving, you have to. Yes, you want to replace his production, but you want to replace his production more of a, lo- a long-term way. I think that's why yeah. Matt Duchesne appeals a lot to people because he's one of those scorers, you know, he'll he'll give you 20 plus goals a year and he's still young and he could be part of your franchise for a while. John Tavares yeah, think, is also uh, great, but John Tavares is like elite elite, you know. Yeah, so that's the, a bit harder.
1: Issue, sorry. Yeah, the issue with Tavares is just the amount of assets he'll require and what he'll sign for. Yeah. And I think the question about Duchenne is where is he actually? Is he actually a second line player or a first line player? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it being on such a terrible team in Colorado, as of recent, they weren't they've always been, you know, kind of bottom end for a while, but they respectfully only terrible, been, right? Yeah, respective like respectfully, you know, every team is <laughs> is good be in general. The yeah. Yeah. But as of recent, he's had some pretty bad seasons, and I think that's made his actual potential a little murky. But, yeah, like, if we – like, how influential has Melko Carlson been on our, like, third and fourth lines? He can jump up and play with the Joes. Mm -hmm. You know, if we move him out in a trade, he's, like, way more valuable than, like, moving a Marcus Sorensen, you know? at least in my eyes, like he is a known quantity and he does so
0: much. Yeah. Right. Like I think. He's a utility player. Either, He's that like utility exactly. type player. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Move out a veteran and replace them with a young talent or move out a young talent and rely on the veterans. You know, that's what I'm saying. I really think we're in a, a good spot to transition moving forward.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's exciting. Like I said, the end of an era with Marlowe leaving and maybe the prospects of being a contender this year are not as high as they once were, but kind of in this transitionary period um, with the young players really pushing in and some of the veteran players getting somewhat pushed out, it, it's, it'll be tough, but I think it's it's exciting to kind of see formatively where the team is going in the next few years. I think this this season is going to point a lot to the direction the team has been going, even mid-season with trades that can happen with players being moved around, you know. Um, Because, you know, Thornton could come back the next year, but each year you progress, it's going to look more different and different, you know. And by next year, Pavelski will be a year older, Burns will be a year older. Like, even those guys will start to be considered... Uh, aging players in the NHL. Not to say that they don't have a lot of good years ahead of them, but they'll be very established veterans. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm excited for this season uh, in in those respects.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, fans' biggest worry moving forward is the age of our core. And then they point to, like, a Toronto or a Carolina or a Colorado. Previously, maybe not now anymore since they're like a garbage fire. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully a garbage Respectfully. fire. Yeah. I just uh, don't think that you can really uh, like harp and knock on the Sharks for not having that. Because we've been very good for a very yeah. long time. They refer, fans refer to these teams like who have been picking in the top ten every single year a lot of times top 5 overall for years back to back to back to back to back mm-hmm. like obviously they're going to have a killer young core because every year they like every fourth year they have ability to pick like a generational talent you know
0: and even think about think about Edmonton who has Connor McDavid now but how many years of first round picks high first round picks that they have and they they still were terrible and finally they get Connor yeah. McDavid and they're kind of considered Stanley Cup contenders, but it took, I I would rather be where the sharks were, you know, and have like a contending team more consistently. Yeah. I really think personal opinion, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I agree with your personal opinion. Therefore it's a fact.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how this podcast rolls. What we say, what we say must be true, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Like we don't have the luxury of being able to bottom feed for years Uh, Like, I don't know how... Well, I guess Carolina won a cup, so that did some stuff for them, but, like, they've been really, really bad for a long time. How do you... Like, could the Bay Area support a franchise like that? I think that's a question people are raising as well, as maybe our future gets a little bit more murky, you know, thinking in five years, what happens with Thornton, what happens with Vlasic, what happens with Burns, Pavelski. So... Yeah, I don't really think it, that's a fair comparison. Uh, and I think the Oilers were mismanaged like crazy yeah. in the meantime. So, yeah. But th- I think it'll be really interesting to see a player like uh, Jordan Eberle uh, get traded to um, the Islanders, and now he's next to Tavares, and he's out of okay. yeah.
0: Uh, he's on the Eberle Islanders? And,
1: mm-hmm, okay. uh, Jordan Eberle and Ryan Strom basically just did a one-for-one one mm. swap. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, just high first-round picks weren't really working out, seeing how they developed. So, like, hopefully Jordan Eberle can succeed there, you yeah. know? That would be great to see him kind of get out of the hole he built mm-hmm. himself. Um, I think Edmonton isn't a Stanley Cup contender yet. They have McDavid, but they have, like, a year to get it done. And then after McDavid's contract kicks in, they're in the hell for <laughs> the cap. Like, it's so bad. And I well, think there's too many to mention, question marks.
0: What's his name? Um Dry Dry subtle. Subtle. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they both got contracts they deserve. There's nothing against that. It's just everyone else having a $6 million contract who are just, like, average production, right? you know.
0: Milan Lucic.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't time uh, uh, the cost uh, very Luchage. well with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's our bias, not being for the Edmonton Oilers. Also, they threw elbows and stuff in the playoffs, <laughs> and we'll never let that go ever. I was just gonna not say that we're the sharks like sharks are perfect, but yeah, we're yeah. like
0: underlying still very upset at them for the playoffs. So very that's upset. probably why we're where we're talking about their maybe impending uh, tough situations. Moving forward. Yeah.
1: Do you... Let's kind of talk about how you, you foresee the Sharks' season going. Not necessarily, like, month by month, but, like, where you see them ending up.
0: Um, Let me think. I think... I, I've noticed the past... Let's...
1: Uh, let me qualify this by not really taking into account, uh, like, how other teams are doing. Okay. Like, if you necessarily think Edmonton is better therefore they're going to finish first in the division? Yeah. Like, don't consider that. Let's talk about, the, like, the potential that this team has more so than, like, realistic how it'll kind of figure in with everything else.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what I've noticed in the past few years with the Sharks, especially when they've kind of had that, that aspect of having an aging core, is that starting off the season fresh has been really beneficial to them. Like, how many times in the last few years have the Sharks come out with like four or five game win streaks type thing and they look really good in their first few games I remember that game they played against LA at the beginning of the 2015-2016 season that was like some of the best Sharks hockey you've ever seen but everybody was like firing on all cylinders they're going like really hot and then but the thing is it's like how do you deal with that I'm not even going to say mid-season grind I'm going to say like early season grind once like you've gotten past the excitement and the energy of the first like week or two of the season, and, like, you get the first one or two injuries that may happen, bumps and bruises go along, and you start to feel the fatigue of, like, the long-term term season stretched out ahead come in. So I think um, I think they'll probably come out hot, especially with the young, young players kind of getting a chance and having some of those um, more established fourth, fifth, sixth-year players a la Hurdle, Carlson, Tierney... Um, getting a chance to kind of prove themselves again, I think that players will step up kind of early on. Um, I think I'm expecting the Sharks to have lulls again throughout the season, um, namely because young players are going to have time to are going to need time to kind of mature. They're going to go through droughts. I think that while the off season was longer, this season the the veterans' age will still kind of catch up to them at times. And they'll go through some tough times as well. Um, I want to say that compared to last year, the the times of struggling might be kind of more interspersed throughout the season rather than the last two or three weeks, which are were garbage fire, which is our favorite thing to say. Those were <laughs> at the end of last all. season. I think that hopefully there won't be such like a sudden dramatic drop off at the end of the season. I think we'll go through lulls of like a week or two here and there where you know, we'll lose two, three, four games in a row. But I I think that they'll also have kind of stretches where they'll have, you know, some three, four... Hopefully they'll have, like, a few four- or five-game win streaks here and there, like four or five of those throughout the year. Or, sorry, three to four of those throughout the year. Um, And then kind of maybe some win one here, lose one here, win one here, lose one here type thing. Uh, I'm not sure if that totally makes sense, but I think well, I'm trying to uh, exude more of, like, a balanced season than what we've seen, than what we saw last season with the tail, the spin-off at the end, and even maybe the season before where we had, like, an excellent second half, which really propelled the team to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Um, but that I think that just makes sense to me because there are the challenges with, like, Marlowe leaving, um, trying to incorporate younger players into the, the NHL system, and... Um, and, and, yeah, your players being, like, Thornton and, and Ward and, and Martin um, being older. So what do you think? So where do you think they end up?
1: Like, what do you oh, think the oh, potential is sorry. if everything goes the way you like?
0: I'd say the potential is probably third, third in the Pacific. Second in the Pacific is maybe, like, the reach. But more realistically, third or, like, a top wild card spot. So you think they'll make the playoffs but not comfortably? Uh yes. Like maybe not maybe still comfortably but maybe not uncomfortably, like at the top of not, the division, you know. Yeah, okay. Like third or four, third or a high wild card probably.
1: Yeah. I I think the things that I'm considering is uh Will Doug Wilson make a move to fill up the roster spot left by Mm Marlowe and will he do it in a way that like if he gets like a a John Tavares type character which is a replacement for Thornton while Thornton can and then that allows Thornton to effectively age out a little bit more smoothly than all of a sudden us scrambling to find something right Mm -hmm. because we're not going to get a first round pick high enough to have like a franchise center be there you know um Or will he not make a move and then do the rookies, um, succeed, Mm -hmm. you know, do the rookies and the people we're filling, do they work into the lineup and do we get goals by committee? So assuming we do get goals by committee, uh, and we don't make a trade, I think our season will go well and we'll be able to, yeah, I think we'll be able to, uh, Make the playoffs kind of around the same time as you. Like I think some people are, um, a little high on some other teams based on how things look on paper, um, and just that they have ex- expectations of young teams progressing maybe faster than they will. Right. Um, people have been saying that about Calgary for a little while now, and. Obviously their roster looks as best as it as good as it ever has, but you know, they still have to take that step themselves. Yeah. You know, what happens if McDavid goes down, you know? They have dry now, great, but the way their salary is set up, like you really only have dry Yeah. How does the whole season go with dry and McDavid on different lines? You know, that's unrelated to the Sharks. But I so I think I think if the Sharks don't replace anyone and it goes well and the rookies produce, like I think we'll be okay. We'll get into the playoffs. And I actually think we'll be able to have a deep playoff run because we'll have, it'll mimic kind of what we had in the Stanley cup final year, Mm -hmm. you know, people clicking scoring
0: from everywhere. So no defensive holes. So question though, because this is kind of a, a mid season Mm -hmm. um, situation that may come about. Like if you are, if the team is doing well kind of mid season before the trade deadline, will Doug Wilson try and do something to bring in a high profile player to help with that playoff push if they're kind of headed in that right direction? I don't
1: I don't think Doug Wilson will make a high end acquisition at the trade deadline. Okay. I think that's when the price is the highest. Yeah. I think if he's gonna do that, he's gonna do that as early as possible in the season. Okay. Um as soon as he's kind of confident where he sees the team going, but the earlier, earliest you do it further from the trade deadline, the like obviously at the trade deadline, the price is going to be the highest. Yeah. Um, the earlier you do it, you allow them more time to acclimatize and get familiar, learn systems before playoffs and make an impact on the road. Um, so Yeah. I think if we do make an acquisition and it goes well, I think people will be a lot higher on the Sharks immediately. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Immediately, we'll be in conversations to be winning the division. Yeah. You know, I think people uh, take the nuances of how the season ended and apply it to the team as the whole. They see the Sharks like last two week tail dive. Um, us losing in the first round against Oilers, the like, um, like, sh- I don't know the reverse sugar daddy. So they're the one receiving all the love from the, uh, that's not the right term. I can't think of it. <laughs> I don't the know what the you mean bell of that. the ball. That's what they are. The bell <laughs> of the ball of the media. They uh, can yeah. do no wrong. Everything they do is perfect. It's kind of like Toronto on this side of the coast. Um, I think the nuances of how our season ended are coloring people's perception of the team entirely. I think if you look at the whole season, it's not quite that way. I think we easily, if things, if bounces went differently, I think we could have made it past the second round. Mm -hmm. You know, if we make it past the second round, how are people feeling about this team, you know? Mm So I think if we make an acquisition, like a, a big name acquisition, like a second line or a first line player, that's going to be huge. Yeah, and that'll really bolster us. Um, and you know, I think if we have a big injury going down without an acquisition, I think, uh, I don't know. I think that could be a really tough spot for Doug Wilson. I think uh, at that point, I'm I question whether he would just try to write it out and get growth from the rookies uh, and kind of try to make the playoffs, but not, you know, go all out. I'm not being very clear, but I think if things go wrong and he doesn't make an acquisition and the rookies kind of aren't up to what we expected in scoring is kind of where it was last year, I think we might write it out. Okay. Depending on what time that is, I think they might take that as a way to get the rookies more development time because clearly as they develop, that determines the course of our franchise Uh, and then also getting us a better pick. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot um, to think about. I think in general, people are a little harder on the sharks than they should be. I think our defensive prowess will make up for any perceived lack of scoring offense or offensive Mm. question marks. I think, Offense last year was a huge aberration that will not be the norm.
0: Yeah, D- Doug Wilson would be an interesting position because he's going to have to pay attention to the way the young players are potentially contributing, and at the same time, he'll he'll be classic Doug Wilson and he'll be kicking tires behind the scenes, like incessantly trying to see what's available. And I think he'll probably, I mean, trying to put myself in. Doug Bilson's mind like if he's gonna see something that he thinks is like a great deal he'll he'll probably go for it you know but at the same time if it's not worth it and the young players are doing well enough um I I don't think he's one of those GMs that's willing to like just be like to sacrifice too much you know if it's the return is not worth it so he's gonna be looking for something good but I, I do think that's an excellent point you make that uh if there is going to be somebody that's acquired via trade, it'll be earlier in the season. Uh, Maybe take advantage of some teams that panic earlier on because of injuries or something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like December.
0: Oh, by December-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think by December, we'll be able to figure out how the season will look Mm -hmm. on a general trend, and I think that will give him the information he needs to make an acquisition. I think... uh, Two data points along that was when we acquired Boyle and when we acquired Thornton. Similar situations. I'd be interesting to look to see when we acquired them in the league. Doug Wilson had comments on this recently, and he's actually had a lot of comments recently talking about um, having a lot of cap room and having time to make an acquisition to fill a gap. So I think he's kind of hinting at, I I hope he's hinting at what he's going to do because He's been linking, having this amount of cap space, having these question marks, the ability with assets to make a trade has resulted in bringing in big-name players that affect our franchise in the long haul. Yeah. yeah, so I I hope he's hinting at this is what he's going to do. Um, and I think it probably won't be a, uh, a name that everyone's talking about because I think the price is too high because you bring up a great point. We don't really overpay we make good trades yeah as far as Doug Wilson goes and um I, th- I think going for someone else probably will lower the price
0: yeah so th-
1: because uh like Tavares may not be the greatest fit in San Jose you know so maybe maybe Duchesne won't either so I think Doug Wilson does a really good job of thinking of the entire picture instead of just this is a good player right definitely
0: yeah d- it looks like Dan Boyle was traded in like July so he was like a summer acquisition more but Thornton was traded on November 30th, and that was far before the trade deadline. So that's that's a good point that you're making. Um, so do you want to... Yeah,
1: I don't think he... I don't think Doug Wilson mentioned Boyle directly, but he did mention Thornton yeah. and someone else at the same time. I can't remember,
0: but yeah. So what do you... Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other teams of the division? I know we've probably hit on the Oilers a lot due to our, uh, our seething anger. But... uh <laughs> um, yeah. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, let's just on kind of, of hammer de- off the teams. What's
1: that? Yeah, let's just hammer them off. Yeah. Uh, what do you try to go quickly? We've already kind of talked about the Oilers, but what do you feel about the Oilers? I feel like they're gonna challenge for first. Like, I think come playoff scenario, I doubt how deep they'll go. Yeah. Because then you get into deep chess matches, and I don't think they have as many players for all the roles needed. Mm-hmm. But you know. McDavid and Drysaddle are two crazy players, and they can make up for a lot. Yeah, So I think they'll challenge for first, and I think we've got a a great rivalry going on. Um, What about you?
0: Yeah, I guess I'll just list off kind of a blurb of each team. Um, I think the Oilers, while they have McDavid, who can carry them significantly far, especially with Drysaddle, um, and they got some other young guys – I'm not sure about their depth, but that might just be because I'm not aware of their roster as well as others. But I think they'll do well, and they could challenge for for first in the division. Um, but I think they'll probably get top three um, this season pretty easily. Let's see. Calgary. Yeah. I think Calgary um, – I'm surprised that people are more down on Calgary because it seems like they've been grooming themselves for a long time to do well. But like you said, they do need to put it together. So I think that they can – Contend for second or third in the division as well. Uh, I, th- I certainly I think, would put uh, them in a better place than the the Kings, for example, um, at this point. Yeah. But especially with all the change in the Kings' management. Now, that being said, the yeah. the King. I'm just going to go through all the teams, and then you could do the same thing. Cool. Um, the Kings, I'd say, they're definitely in a transition time as they got rid of Dean the and they got rid of rid of. Um, the coach. Uh, what was their coach's name again? I forget. Um Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter, of course. Um yeah. so and you know, Kopitar had a terrible year last year. Uh Doughty was nothing to write home about, I feel like. Um and they yeah, I don't know. I think they're they're just average kind of at this point, but they, they maybe they've had that history of winning still, so they'll they'll still like have moments in the season where they're they're fighting to move up. Uh, I think they may still make it in the playoffs, but I'm really undecided about them. Arizona, I think they kind of st- took a step forward with trading for Derek Stepon, and uh, now they brought in Demers, too, so they've kind of uh, bolstered their defense. Um, they've got, from what I've heard, they have like a really strong like pipeline, and, and maybe they'll be putting some young players in the mix that could do well. So I think mm-hmm. that they may actually... Um, be a surprise team that's that's challenging for a wild card or 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 third in the division maybe um let's see vegas they're gonna be terrible that's all that (laughs) that's all needs to be said um they'll win a few games here and there maybe some big games that'll be exciting for them but nothing that'll put them in playoff contention vancouver is also terrible um at this point hopefully they'll get things back i mean hopefully for their organization they'll I think it seems like they've started to have the semblances of putting the pieces back together after the complete shattering that it's been in the past, like, two years or so. Um, And then we have the Sharks, who I said, I think they'll be competing for... uh, One of the top spots in the division. We'll probably finish, realistically, third or or fourth in the division, something like that. Oh, Anaheim. Anaheim will be kind of at the top, I believe. And I think... um, Maybe maybe in a fairly similar place as the Sharks, I I could see Anaheim finishing like third, maybe, and Calgary finishing second, even, um, or Arizona in there. So, I I I think the teams I'm most like thinking will be competing for just the top four spots in general are, and this is very broad, but um, the Oilers, the Flames, um, Anaheim, and the Sharks. And yeah, Arizona might sprinkle in there too.
1: I think Arizona is going to be better. I don't think they'll have enough to make the playoffs though. Okay. I think they'll be challenging and pushing everyone, mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll have what they need to get there. Um, you mentioned Calgary. Uh, Calgary, I think um, they're going to do well. I like them. Uh, unlike the Oilers who are very, very top heavy, I feel like the Flames are definitely more balanced. Yeah. Um, so definitely. I think that gives them a little bit more of a benefit if something you know unforeseen happens. Uh, but they also don't have that high-end potential as like a McDavid. So, you know, I think they'll be in the playoff hunt for sure, just like they were last year. I think they'll take a step forward. Um, big question for them is like goaltending, like always. Uh, Brian Elliott left, and now it's Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith is a shark killer, you know, for a long time in the desert. How is he? You know, is that going to translate to a new team? Calgary has had you know goalie problems ever since Kiprasov left, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's a that's a big unknown. From there, you mentioned the Kings. Yeah. Yeah, I do not envy the Kings. I do not think they're going to be close to a playoff spot. Okay. Um, They're going to do better than they did last year, for sure. I think they'll kind of be like the Sharks. Like I said, everyone had a bad year last year. I think they'll rebound. Kobadar <laughs> will be... <laughs> <You just laughs> Kobadar. Andrew Kobadar. Yeah, Kobadar plus... Yeah, whatever. Um,
0: what was the, what was yeah. the Drew Doughty
1: one? It was Brad Doughty. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Dotty. My, my fantasy, my fantasy hockey team name is oh, Cobador Brad. plus Dotty. It's great. Um, yeah, I don't think they're. I think they have huge question marks, and everyone is going out the door. Not going out the door. Uh, kind of declining. I think they'll do better because the huge players that they had will will perform better. But I think Dean Lombardi definitely handicapped them, hand, handcuffed them with their roster and they're feeling that, um, which is why he was let go. so we'll have to see what their new coach does. And the new front office with, yeah. uh, Robitaille and, and Blake, how they'll run things. But, you know, I think the future will be, will be better for them. I think they'll be able to rebound quickly, but I think they'll have a season or two of kind of, eh, mm-hmm. icky. Um, you talked about Arizona next.
0: Yeah. Like Arizona,
1: that. they definitely got better in the off season. I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but in my mind, I'm thinking they're just a few points off of the last spot for the wild card. You know, I don't think they're there if they do make a push great for them. I don't think they'll go further than the first round, but they're a team on the upswing. They have some questions that they need to figure out. How will anti-ranta do as a full-time starter? Um, You know, their defense got better. No, you know, crazy good names, like Ekman Larson is there. That's great. Um, maybe as their team gets better, some of these players who have been good on those on that roster for a while will be able to share the load a little bit and uh, shine a little bit brighter now that the pressure is a little bit more off their shoulders. Don't think they'll make the playoffs. If they do, they're out in the first round. I um, already have to put the Oilers. That leaves the Knights. Vegas Knights, uh, they are bad and they should be bad. Like that's in their interest. <laughs> they have no one. So they need to start with something and rack up the, you know, fill up the cupboards. Um I think they have a couple seasons of slack before they really need to start stuff. I think everyone in Vegas kinda understands that the team is gonna be bad when they first start out. So I don't think they have too much to worry about. They do have some pieces to score, so I think they'll be better than people think. Like they're gonna be better than the ninety three Sharks and the Senators that tied that terrible record that we had. like They're going to they're gonna get some wins, but they're not going to be close to the playoffs. Um, Vancouver is in the same spot, except for they were declining, but have stuff in the cupboard. But they're going to be right around the same as uh, the Knights. I think for them, the biggest thing they need to do is tr- figure out how to transition from the Sedines. But they're not in a place to challenge for a, a spot. Yeah. Anaheim, I think uh, Ryan Kessler's out with a hip injury. He had surgery on it. Initially, he was supposed to be out 12 weeks, which has him coming back in like a month or less. Um, the timetable was extended, and they're going to reevaluate on that time. Did he
0: have surgery this off season?
1: Yeah. He did, yeah. So I think – and I, they also are um, out another player – Another big name as well. Getzlaff is day-to-day right now, although I think that could just be like a minor injury. Do you think Corey think Perry will on...
0: bounce back this year?
1: Yeah, I think they kind of fill along the same spells as the Sharks or the uh, the Kings. Um, yeah, I think everyone on that team will do, uh, Getzlaff and Perry will do a little bit better. Um, yeah, I think they'll be challenging for a top spot in the Pacific. Um, I think for the Ducks, they have to figure out how to go deep in the playoffs, how to get past the third round for them. Yeah, definitely. So, But let's yeah, hope they I don't. Think, so, Yeah, let's, let's hope they don't. I think the injuries, how they cope with injuries for the first half of the season while people are out will be big for them.
0: And, you know, both of us are in Southern California now, so we'll probably go to some Ducks-Sharks games in the uh, second half of the season, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll do some live podcasts, right? No. No, we won't do that.
1: <laughs> we will not have any sort of capacity to do live play by play. <laughs> yeah.
0: We are too engrossed in those games. Yeah. We'll furiously take notes while we're while we're watching it.
1: I don't think anyone wants to hear me shriek my womanly shriek. When players score. When players get too close to scoring on our net, I I do this kind of shriek that's not quite uh, the yeah, 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 thing, but it works
0: out well. Well, uh This season, it's Sunday now, and the season starts on Wednesday, so that's pretty exciting. First game against the Flyers. um, Yep. Which, you know, hopefully we'll win. It's a home opener, so.
1: Yeah. That's a national broadcast, too, so. Yeah. I'm sure everyone will have out-of-date storylines already. So Are
0: you going to buy one of the new uh, Sharks jerseys?
1: Uh, Our Fantasy League that Migs and I are in with our, our families, um... Someone threw out the idea of the winner should get a new, a new jersey. Oh wow! I hope I win. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be pretty nice. I
1: don't think I'll get one. I'd like to see what they introduce as a third jersey next year. Yeah, I think I would like to do that. <laughs>
0: Just delay your prize a year. Uh, so one last question, I guess, before we wrap things up: um, which player on the Sharks are you looking? Uh, most forward to seeing in terms of – it could be a young player developing. It could be one of those, like I said, fourth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth-year players kind of stepping stepping up. It could be a veteran getting back to 40-goal score form. I don't know. I'm only thinking of Joe Pavelski or Logan Couture. Uh, What do you think? Who are you most excited about? Or Martin Jones even, yeah. He's still a player even though he's a goalie. No, no, I mean, no, yeah, but I, I just forgot to include him at first, so.
1: Yeah. You're so inclusive. Yeah. How sweet of you. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, I forgot to touch on this earlier, but, like, I cannot project the roster. I tried to do that the other day, and, like, I got Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Locke, Couture, Locke, and then literally everyone else was a question mark. I couldn't, like, definitively say where they'll place. Yeah. I know certain placer- players will be on the lineup, But, yeah, I just – I have no clue how this roster is going to round out, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Going back to the competition for spots, you know, increase everyone's competition level, help everyone perform better, maybe help with trades. But I think players I have my eyes on are Donskoy to see – like this is a make-or-break season for him. Yeah, Hurdle. I think having the whole summer to get yoked instead of just fixing his knee will really help him. Hopefully he'll have confidence around um, having time to strengthen his knee outside of just recovery. Yeah. Uh, Meyer.
0: Got to get my Swiss stuff going on. Stop listing players. You're listing too many. Those
1: those are the three I'm I'm really (laughs) looking forward to. Okay. LeBanc obviously would be cool, but I'm not even sure if he starts – with the Sharks this, uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I'll keep it to those three, Donskoy, Hurdle, and Meyer.
0: Yeah, I, I think the name that pops out to me personally is Donskoy. <laughs> Just because that first season that we saw him, he, uh, man, remember that pass that he had to to Nieto that one time where he, like, fed it between his legs and he got the pass off?
1: Oh, yeah, that's on the highlight reel for uh, – uh, NHL TV. Yeah. I saw that over and over and over and over during play during oh my commercials. Gosh, that was that I played so but just
0: like his ceiling for his skill, skill level, and I think like with how he was injured last year, and I think he was taking a lot of heat. But hopefully, being healthy and and having that greater chance to rest and everything, because he was in that Stanley Cup final grind, and he did play in the World Cup of Hockey for Finland, I believe. Um. So he, he didn't get a lot of rest last season, but I mean, I'm excited for him to kind of show us his skill again and, and step things back up. But like, like you, there's a lot of other players I'm excited about, but I'll just say Don Scoy kind of stands out to me of, of kind of having a bounce back season, so I'm looking forward to see what he does.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the roster shapes up. Yeah, at the beginning of the season. And I'm most
0: excited that the season is actually starting Yay. this week and we get to watch hockey again. <laughs> Yay! Except I can't, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the first game like delayed because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing something on it, which is so lame. Um, but. What are you doing? It'll be good.
1: Right. I'll ask you one more question to end the episode. What? I'll ask you one more question to end the episode.
0: Yeah, so. Uh, How?
1: can I get Eric Carlson from your fantasy team?
0: Oh, sorry. You're all chopping (laughs) up for me. Um, but yes, I will continue to ignore you on that. Uh, I I need him (laughs) anyway. Uh, this so this has been our, um, our episode of, uh, back to the point. We hope you enjoy. Uh, we'll probably be back in the next, uh, week and a half, two weeks. That's generally our regular recording time. Once the season's on and this will be our first full season. So, uh, we hope yes. you enjoyed. We hope you tune in again. Um, again, my name is Miggs. Uh, I also go by David, but you'll probably hear me as Miggs on this podcast. He is literally just Miggs. Just, <laughs> just Miggs. And uh, yeah. that guy over Listening there. Listen to all
1: our stuff from last season. Yeah. It was good. That guy he over there it.
0: begging for Eric Carlson in the fantasy league is, yeah. uh, is Ian. So, all right, man. Well, I will see you right, next time. Team. Go sharks! All right, go sharks!